Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast who are proud to be sponsored by the Insurance Practice. The team at the Insurance Practice specialise in family protection and life insurance and who better to look after you and your loved ones than fellow Rangers fans. Listeners of the Gallant Few will get a free protection review so get in touch with the team at www.theinsurancepractice.co.uk or contact the Gallant Few for more information. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host today as we look back at another busy week for Rangers. Joining me to go through the games against Ross County and Sander Age, as well as some other big news from last week, we have Ian McCready. Craig McAdam and Scott Hodge. Before we get into the, the football boys, that is quite secondary this week. I'm going to kick off with the big news. I got my personalised birthday card through from Stephen, Gary and James for my birthday. <laughs> I feel very fucking special. I didn't think it was a big deal until I got it through and I was like a wee boy in Christmas morning. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> else got any of them through? That's... Uh, yeah, I had one of them as well. Yep. Wonderful, get a Christmas card. I'll look out for that. <laughs> well, that's the that's joys of being a, a December baby. Two cards in one month. Um, I've been telling people that Stephen sent me a card. Not not addressed from Stephen Gerrard because we're pals now. <laughs> but um, aye, so I'm high as a kite. So we'll kick off with uh, today's game against Ross County. The lineup was Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Connor Golson, Leon Balligan, and Calvin Bassey. Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara, Joe Aribo in the midfield and a front three of Kent, Ruth and Morelos. So Ian, we'll kick off with you. Calvin Bassey in for Borna Barisic. Were you concerned at the time of seeing it or did you find this is the kind of game where we should be able to bring in our, our backup fullbacks? Yeah, I was supr- surprised to see it but not concerned. Uh, I didn't think there was any need for Barisic to be out because I didn't think he'd play in Thursday coming. But 
I've got no problem with Bassi playing any game these days. I think he's showed enough now to, for us to be comfortable with him playing against MD in Scotland and even Europe for that. Yeah, I've got no problem with Bassi playing left back or the left centre half. Although he's young, we've said before, he's an absolute monster of a, a, a guy. So he's probably bigger than 90% of the guys on the pitch. So physically, he's much, he's able to handle it. And uh, yeah, he showed more than enough for me to, to, to be playing any game. Craig, this was a pretty piss poor first half for the most part. Um, there's no glossing over it. Ross County, they, they probably had the first main chance uh, about 26 minutes in. One ball over the top in between Balogun and Bassey and the the county striker gets a, a shot away and it's a decent save for McGregor. Before the Rangers first goal was a did you see this kind of going down the high the the no no route or did you think we were going to slip up here or was it just one of these slow starters? I think I think that's the way to describe it. Um, it was a bit slow, but we never other than that one op- opportunity they got we we weren't under any pressure or that kind of thing. We were, we were comfortable. We were maybe just sort of strolling through the first 25, half an hour-ish, round about that. It was a bit um, slow-paced, but we didn't we didn't look under any pressure that was going to cause us any issues or anything. Um, so although it was a bit of a slow start, I thought we were still pretty comfortable. Um, and it was nice of Alan McGregor to finally do something. He's been waiting all season for it. So that's him made his, made his save so he can take the next few months off again. I'll be honest, I didn't think it was the greatest of saves. I thought it was okay. I've only put in the notes because it was the only thing Sky Sports really mentioned. And I think we had to get something, more than one uh, talking point for the first half. So that's why it's in there. But no, it's good to see that he's still able to stay switched on um, when nothing's happening. Scott, first goal comes um, shortly after. Well, this was a really good goal. So it was, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to give a shout-out to Alfredo Morelos for this as well. He starts with coming deep and taking the ball off Tavernier. He plays it into Davis. And as Tavernier plays the ball to Morelos, he starts running and Davis finds a run, a brilliant through ball. But again, Morelos is taking that, the defender out uh, of his position. Tavenier gets to the byline and a good cross ball along the deck. Roof slides in and just taps to pass the keeper. Very well worked goalie. No, definitely. Um, yeah, Morelos is able to do that now because these, like, it's almost as if Roof and Kent are playing up front and he's sort of playing in a 10 roll at, at some points, you know, just to the fluidity of the play. But yeah, I loved the I loved the ball from Davis into Tav. It was just, obviously the, the movement's good from Tav, but the, the way to pass there just laid it in a plate for him there. And um, it was, you know, good anticipation from Roof. Um, as it's hard for, like, you know, they're playing five defenders, but it's so hard to to track, you know, between Roof and Morelos and Kent, and, and then you throw Tav and, you know, usually Barisic into the mix. It's just really, it must be a nightmare for, for defenders. Absolutely. You don't know, like, as, as a fan, it's hard to watch everybody coming and going, never mind when you're trying to mark somebody, and it's what you want to see. You want the fluid fluidity, easy for me to say. I nearly drowned to try to pronounce that there. Uh, moving on, uh, into, into the second half, Ian, uh, Rangers roll 2-0 up. So, in the box, by Astro Marsh, as they call it, in the box, Morelos gets a shot away. It's blocked and falls wide to Kent in the box. He goes, Kent goes with a low ball in, then Ruth tries to get a touch on it. 
deflects off the Ross County centre half, but then it deflects again off Tavernier into the back of the net. So it was a good bit of pressure, and I'm going to. I don't need you to to use too much imagination talking about Tavernier here. You can pretty much repeat everything we've said every podcast this season. He's just. Well, we are running out of things to say about him, aren't we? He's doing tremendous. Absolutely. I as you say, we could just say the same stuff over and over again. Like, so many goals for a right back, right back. And what I've seen, there was a wee stat popped up at one point, and it was Ross County and how they were doing this season. And uh, Tav scored just as many goals as they have <laughs> uh, in the league. So, I mean, that, that kind of sums it all up, doesn't it, really? I mean, when, when our right back scored as many goals as our whole team, it, it kind of puts into perspective what he's doing. And it just seems to be every time the ball's down the left, Tav's in at the back post. So I think we've had a criticism before of not getting enough men in the box. And I think maybe that's where well, this is kind of coming from. He's just kind of always in the box. If there's a ball into the box for the left, Tav's there every single time. And I think that's, if he's not putting the ball in for the right himself, he's in the box for the ball coming in for the left. Craig, what I really liked about Tav, and we're going to jump to full-time here in his post-match interview, he said that the last couple of interviews that it is pleasing for him to get to get his goals, and he said he's even aiming for 20 for the season. But what he is quite critical of him of himself, he's wanting to get more assists. He was talking about how it was raging that he didn't put on the plate for Morelos in the second half. That's really good to see that he's not resting in his laurels, eh? Uh, it's a new sort of steeliness about him, isn't it? Like a determination and a focus that he's got that we've not really seen from him in the last few years. I've I've always liked him. Um, I've always thought, even since he first came in, that he's a lot of the criticism he got was unfair. He's always been one of my sort of favourite players since he's came to the club. But he's just this season he's gone. He's not even gone up a level. He's gone up two or three levels. He's it's unplayable at times and the the goals he's getting it's it's like centre forward goals it's six yard box tap-ins that he's got absolutely no right to be there but it's just the way the team sets up as well and the midfielders take deserve a lot of credit for it because it's allowing him to, to get into those positions when whoever it is in the right today it was Kamara sometimes it's Arfield or Davis just whoever it is slots over just to cover the gaps that he's leaving because it is taking a risk when he's that high up the pitch that quite easily a team could break on us and there'd be a big gap down that side that they could get in. But it, off the top of my head, I can't think of that ever actually happening. I'm getting caught too high up the pitch. And as I say, it's credit to the, the midfielders that are protecting him. Uh, but aye, long may it continue because his stats are ridiculous. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, he's got player of the month for scoring penalties. But it's so much more than that. It's, his all-round performance is brilliant. He really is the leader of this this team just now. Him and Goldson are, are the two that we can depend on to, to push the rest of the boys on and, and get the results that we're getting. Absolutely. That player of the month, and that, I think it is so well-deserved right now. On form, he, he, is, he is the best Rangers player on form right now. And I can't I can't see an argument for anybody else in the league that's uh, playing better than him. So absolutely so deserved. Scott, about 66 minutes in, um, there was another chance for Ross County. This was a, actually a sitter, I think. Uh, Balogun gives the ball away uh, for quite a, a sloppy pass. The ball goes out to the right and, you know, a, a decent ball in. Connor Golson doesn't get to it. The Ross County striker heads it kind of, I don't know if it means it, but he heads it towards the back post. 
it's another opportunity to play sitting there and he just has to get it in target, I think, and he puts it well over the bar. It was a bit of a wake-up call for Rangers at that point, eh? It was, it was, it was, it was sloppy, but I actually thought Bassey done quite well to put him off because if he wasn't there, it would have been a tap-in, but I think he actually made it quite difficult. I think it was a full-back for Ross County. I think he was trying to copy Cavs style of play, <laughs> like we're getting in the box and the this man forward, but I think Bassey deserves some credit for that because he did put him off and he made it quite difficult. I, yes, he should have hit the target, there's absolutely no question about that, but I think Bassey done really well to, to put him off. But yeah, just a wake-up call, I think. I think you've been unrealistic if you think we can't, you know, we're going to go 90 minutes without them having a chance or something, you know, we've limited them to two chances today and I would I'd take that over, you know, any day of the week really, you know what I mean? So, yeah, as I say, I wake up, call and make sure defence are on their toes really. So, Rangers go 3-0 up uh, just after the 71st minute. Another great ball for Goldson, uh, defence putting past. Tavernier's the furthest man forward and just in what Craig was saying there, it's like the He's so forward thinking. It was a great ball in, great run. He gets to the byline again and puts a ball in. Uh, it was going towards Morelos in the Ross County. I think it was Michael Gardine. Slides in and he makes an arse of it and puts it on his own. Puts it in his own net. Rangers then, no, they don't take the foot off the gas. That's the wrong word there. But we're, we're able to get some minutes into the, into the legs of some players. So we make quite a few changes. All in all, we... We have Arfield on for Aribo, Zungro on for Kamara, Etten on for Ruth, Haji on for Kent and Defoe on for Morelos at various points. Carlos Santos will really touch on there, so Etten done okay when he came on and um, it's good to see Haji getting minutes again. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, like The thing I noticed about the subs today was when we brought on the subs, we brought on Etten. International, Hadji International. Uh, Arfield, is he retired from international football? Aye, yes. All right, so former international would be an international, but it's through his choice not to be. Who is the other one? Zungu, international, and Jermaine Defoe. The guy's probably still the best striker in the league, even at 38. So the difference of the quality we bring on now is just unbelievable. But I thought a 10 was probably the, had the, the most uh, influence out of the the subs today. I, I thought uh, I thought he did do well, and it's uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on this scene, but I think uh, he might. I don't know if he's going to struggle to make a massive impact every week because he's not. I think he might be best through the middle, but he's not going to play very often through the middle. I think he might be away this season. Is this going to be? Uh, he'll feature on dribs and drabs this season, then maybe next season make an impact. Yeah, I think that might be the case unless he comes in and has just a superb game one week and when we'll try to rest some players and, and it kind of means if he has a great game that you, you stick him in again for the next one but you just don't see that. It seems to be Morelos is pretty much, regardless of how many goals he's scoring, seems to be the man through the middle. But yeah, I don't, I don't think Atten's ever going to get too many chances to make an impact through the middle because I think when he does play, he's going to play off the right, like you said, because the foe's probably going to play through the middle if, he, if that's the case. Um, so, yeah, I think he could be one more for the future, but I think he will have a part to play. Here's hoping. So, 89 minutes, Craig, Rangers roll 4-0 up, and 
Cedric Hitton, who we've just been speaking about, a long ball played up to him, uses his strength really well to push off a defender, passes the ball into the feet of Jermaine Defoe, who's in the box, he takes a turn, a touch and a turn, slides it past the keeper, and that's just a standard Jermaine Defoe goal, isn't it? Hitton done really well for that, because it was a bit of a lost cause, so it shows if you are playing him wide that he will chase down balls and he'd he is comfortable in that area of the pitch because that, that's where the goals came from. It was a bit of a, a nothing chance that he's made himself. I, as we were saying there, I think he's definitely a, a number nine. I don't think that's his natural position, but it's probably where he'll get more most game time. Uh, I know we'll come on to talk about the Poznan game during the week, but I'd, I'd like to see him up front for that. But I, he's done really well. He's uh, hunted down the ball, managed to win it and, and not give away a foul as well because it would easily it would have been easy to just push a defender over in that position when you've got him pressed into the corner, but it's done well to not foul him, win the ball back, get the ball across, and then Defoe just does what he does. Um, that was his 800th game today, wasn't it? So it's that's what, that's what he does. He comes alive in the box, he gets back to goal, a wee twist and a wee turn, and he, he gets the ball in the back of the net. I think the way we are, we are using Defoe, that he can keep going for another at least another year, if not two, the way we are. We're sort of looking after him and it's suiting his style of play as well. Especially the games that we bring him in on, it's games that he's going to get chances in. Um, and if you give him two or three chances, you'd fancy him to score in every single game. Jermaine Defoe got his 300th goal, right? 300th career goal a few weeks ago. And his 800th game today, so we were trying to work out between us. and like that. I think today... Uh, summed up why I failed higher mass twice. I couldn't quite work out how many games a season that is, but that's roughly about 40 games a season for the last 20 years. That's amazing. It's not even taken into consideration injuries or something. It's just, uh, as I say, if you look after yourself, it's. I'm, I'm still I'm still trying to like, comprehend how you play 800 games of football over like, 20 years. It's unbelievable. I, thought, I honestly thought the commentator made a mistake and I thought it was like combined with somebody. But 800 games is just unbelievable. And as you say, like a return of, what is that, 301 career goals now? It's a really good, just under one and, you know, maybe one and two. So it's an absolute terrific. And he's, he, as a, he's such a natural, he must be one of the most natural goal-scoring players in the past 20, 20, 30 years and maybe even further than that. My hands down. And the fact he's still able to do it on the pitch yet, I know it's a drop down for the Premier League level, but it's still a decent level we expect him to play at. That combined with his attitude and his, his experience, it's clear to see why Gerard wanted him in and around the team so much. So, we look back at Standard Liège on Thursday night, who came at Ibrox. Rangers only needing a draw to go through to the last 32. In two Rangers fashion, we made it fucking hard for ourselves, boys. That's... Eventually winning 3-2, but coming from behind twice. The team on Thursday was McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balligan and Barisic. Midfield three of Arfield, Kamara, Davis. Front three of Ruth, Ken and Morelos. Not too dissimilar from what we've seen today. Ian, um, we'll come to you for the first goal, the first standard layers goal. Give you your, I know you've been waiting all season to have a wee dig at Goldson and I think um, it's fair. For this one, there's a long ball out, out wide, uh, out to the right-hand side. He's covering Tavernier and he has to get better. He has to do better to get to the the forward. He doesn't get there quick enough and 
the the winger gets uh, the ball into the box very easily. Barisic loses his man in the box, and it's a it's an easy goal for Lee AJ. Yeah, this is when when Connor Goldson just for me he just never uses his his physical size. He's he's just so big, but we never see him just use it like ever. I can't be too hard on the man. He's 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 absolutely proven me wrong. I'm still waiting on Barker to do the same right enough, but um, <laughs> Goldson has uh, like I more than proved me wrong this season. He's he's de- he's probably number two in terms of, of being our best player this year, just behind Tav. Well, maybe not just behind Tav, but yeah. So I don't know. I can't be too harsh on him, but maybe more harsh on Barisic. He needs to be more away, more alert. Craig. Rangers equalise with said Connor, said Connor Golton, and I think if we've seen the the downside of Golton and Barisic in the first goal for the second goal in the game, we've seen what like how how important they are for an attacking threat. Barisic's corner, Golton's header, very very good goal for the corner. Uh, the ball is just quality. Um... Barisic, we've seen it all season, seen it last season. Just the the quality that he can put in a, a dead ball, or even from open play as well. It's just his end product's brilliant. Possibly that's the main difference when we take him out of the team and bring Bassi in. Bassi's obviously a big, strong athlete and can go up and down the pitch, but the actual quality that he delivers into the box is still decent, and he's still a young boy, so it will get better. But it's not quite the level of a Barisic, which is would be the main difference when you swap between the two of them. But uh, excellent ball in, and Goldson does really well. Again, if we're comparing what's changed this season to the previous seasons, Goldson's always won those headers, but most of the time he would balloon them over the bar. Um, whereas this season, he seems to be putting quite a few of them in the back of the net. So uh, long may that continue as well. Scott, I, I don't know. I think uh, you and I were watching the game together and I, I think I might have checked the time and Rangers were 2-1 down. I didn't, I didn't see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> It was just such a quick turnaround. Um, but there was a quick free kick from Standard Age around the middle of the park. Glenn Kamara. Again, this is what very lacks in getting out to these players out in the wing. So if Kamara's kind of half walking over to press him, the player gets a quick ball into the box. Bonner tries to clear it, doesn't quite get there. And you know it, it bounces to the back post. Goals and Tavernier don't really see what happens. And it's a... Uh, Ah, uh, it's, it's an easy header for the the Liege boy. So, talk us through the goal and tell me what was harder to watch: the goal itself or the guy scudding off the post? That looked a sore, didn't it? Uh, my stomach's going just down to that. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, we were poor. We didn't defend it well enough. But that's that's the step up in quality from playing Ross County to you know standard Liege. A really good European class side. In terms of the delivery, was absolutely perfect. It was just in that area, you know, where it is very difficult to defend, and we've done to teams. And to be in the receiving side, it's it's obviously not nice. But you got to like, even if you're defending that, if you get a touch in that, there's a high chance that you're going to knock that in for a known goal. So. Um, I think we just need to hold our hands up. Yes, we could we could have done we could have closed the cross down a bit better, we could have reacted to the free kick better, we could have tried to, you know, hang on to the lead for a bit longer, like to half time. But I think you just need to, you know, sort of say it was just that absolute quality ball in and fair play to the guy for 
for his delivery to, to knock it in. Um, absolutely. You know, it, was a, it was a really good goal from their point of view, but we could have done better in some aspects. So, Rangers 2-1 down midway through the first half. So, for the rest of this um, game, we're going to be very positive towards Rangers, um, and rightly so. But, Ian, is it a concern that that's the last three games in Europe in three games we have conceded oh, there's my mask again. We've conceded seven goals in three games in Europe. Is this something that we need to address going into the knockout stages? Yeah, definitely, because the, the opposition in the knockout stages is only going to be better again, isn't it? So yeah, it's do you know what? The only thing it's all down to us, these goals. Like it's I don't think MDs at any time tore us apart. With really good play, I think it's two fullbacks switching off and and letting their man in at the back post. The two goals, um, it was kind of similar uh, against Benfica. Just moments of a uh, lack of concentration. We we do need to just maybe. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Maybe it's that in Europe we we face much more attacks against us, so there's more opportunity for those lapses in concentration. Whereas at home in Scotland, I mean, Ross County had two attacks all day or something. So is it that we don't have the opportunity for those lapses in concentration at home, and we just don't see them? Maybe. Uh, so I, it's maybe something we need to work on. Craig. So James Tavernier gets another penalty and so calm and collected uh, to make it two each. And from that point on, I know that was towards the end of the first half, but the second half, we looked like a completely different Rangers team. We, I think we were shaken by the goals in the first half, but we looked so much more confident. don't know, there was a, I felt there was a belief for these players that they were going to go on and do it. Probably the most pleasing thing for me about that game is most of the games this season, and it's obviously not a bad thing, it's been pretty easy for us, or we've made it easy. Whereas this is one of the first games that we've gone a goal behind, managed to equalise, gone a goal behind again. So that, that's probably one of the tests we've not really faced this season, how we react to that. Hibs is only really, obviously the Benfica games we'll, we'll take out separate, um, but like the Hibs game is the only other one when we're conceding goals and having to get back into it. And we never never pushed on for the one in the, the Hibs game, but it was good to see that although we were conceding, we were still pushing on, getting equaliser, and then eventually getting in front. So it's good to see just different types of winning. Because um, if you're going to win a league, 
they'll be the games that you gub teams four, five nil, eight nil in Hamilton's case. Um, but they'll be the games that you just need to scrape a one nil or get a lucky own goal at the end of the game or, or that kind of thing. So it's it's good to see that this team can now hit one games in, in different manners. But I think getting the, the equaliser just before half time is probably the perfect time and then get and have a chat about it and come out and get a good good start in the second half and really for the second half there was there was no looking back. We just dominated from there. Uh, the second half the the standard Liège keeper had a tremendous game, and I never want to see him again unless it's unless he's signing for Rangers. Jesus Christ, man, he he played very well. Scott, the third Rangers goal came from Scotty Arfield, and that this was a great, a very well worked goal. He actually gets the ball. I never know. See when you just get into the other team's half, do you call it deep or like at the start of the other team's half? What's the term? I, I, going off topic. I, going off topic a little bit there, sorry. Uh, but Arfield, he gets the ball just over the halfway line and he actually starts this move. He gets the ball out wide to Barisic, who cuts it into Kamara. Kamara's got a brilliant, brilliant reverse pass into Kent and then Arfield's late run just to tap it in. He's such an intelligent player, isn't he? Oh, he's, 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 again, it's... We're, we're, spoke about us but what a season he's having uh, I liked how Gerard as well was praised him um, after the game sort of saying like he's here in merit you know his attitude's first class he deserves to be there I can't drop him sort of words like that so it was really nice to see but I actually pointed it out he started at like he's <laughs> from deep I love you want to call it, but, but he started from there and he's he's, he's ran so far over, if you know what I mean, he's putting a lot of ground there just to get in the end of that. It was a, it was a really good goal. I think um, it was Alan McCoyce that said as well. We're actually quite lucky if the AR was in because Morelos was like blocking the keeper's view, so you don't know, if, you know, they would have maybe pulled it off for that. I think he, he was right in front of them, but it was just the way nobody really disputed it from or like challenged it from the age man. So. It was a yeah, it was a, it was a, I thought it was a fantastic goal. I thought Kent done really well for that as well. We you know, he didn't just put the ball in the box, he he picked him out and it was just a it was perfectly timed the the run. Obviously it could have been a, I don't know if you want to touch on this, it could have been a lot more comfortable with, with Ruth missing a, a glorious chance as well. Um I don't know how he's missed that and he's scored from don't half against another players <laughs> to be fair, but um yeah, it would have been the nice and the cake really and made it a bit more comfortable at the end as well. Roof does the do easy goals. He's um, <laughs> in Europe anyway. It's it's not his. Think it would have ruined his like highlight video or something like his <laughs> European goals highlight videos. Like, nah, just. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like see the the goal for Tav today. It didn't look that bothered. They didn't celebrate when Tav scored. I think he was more thinking, "Fine, fuck it." Then he scored that. That would have been a shit goal. But so. Ian, we're now we're now top of the group. So we have uh, we have a lower goal difference in Benfica, but it goes head to head and throwing away goals, I suppose. So going into Thursday night away to Lech Poznan, all we need to do is match Benfica's result against Standard Liège, and we'll top the group. Obviously, we're we're going through anyway, and it's uh, it's a nice predicament to have. Do, do you either rest players or do you go all out to win the win the group comfortably or do you do a, a bit of both? How would you be setting up on Thursday night? I'd be 
more inclined to rest players personally. Like we're through. We don't need to win. We don't need a point. We just we're through. Just play Patterson. I mean, because when else are we going to get a, a game where we we literally it means nothing? Like okay, I, we could win the group, but that doesn't mean you don't get Napoli in the next round if you win the group. Do you know what I mean? Because if Napoli finished second in their group, we could still get them. Um, so I the luck of the draw, you just you never know. You could win the group and get like I say, like a Napoli. But I'd I'd be I'd be resting players. Uh, it, there's no no reason it, it it go and play a full team against uh, Poznan. I think well. Since saying that we've got the luxury of Dundee United not having nine players, don't we as well? So um, <clears throat> you could rest the players then, I suppose. But no, I'd rather take the chance of giving players a rest in a game that does not matter. I could give you one and a half million reasons why we should play a strong team. Yeah, but I can give you fifty-five reasons why we shouldn't. <laughs> Which get done back. And I think, I think this year. I think this year, 55 reasons is better than one and a half million. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I would play, make a few changes, but still we need to try and win it, I think. Um, you say half a million for winning the game, plus a million pounds if we win the group. And Ian Wright is a luck of the draw. Um, I think last year it actually worked out a bit better for us finishing second in the group and we got an easier draw out of it. But probably overall, you, you are better finishing first and you might get an easier easier draw. I was surprised that Bassey was playing today, um, but when I was thinking about it, I reckon he might play centre-back on Thursday night. And that's why Barisic wasn't playing today, just because they didn't want to play him in the, the two games. Balogun's obviously had a few injuries this season, so I could see him come out, Bassey going at centre-back, and then Barisic back in at left-back, so that could happen. Uh, I'd imagine McLaughlin would come in, but that's been fairly regular this season, so that won't make too much of a difference. And we touched on it earlier, I'd like to see... Um, Itten starting centre forward because that's you can tell that's his real position. So give him a chance, get him up there. Um, and I'd imagine there could be one or two more changes. Hadji maybe coming in, but so I, I would make a few changes um, just to freshen things up. But I still think we should be, be aiming to try and win it. Scott, it's maybe a chance for Zungu to come in because there's no guarantee Ryan Jack will be back. He's very much a day by day basis assessing his fitness. I'm kind of inclined to. I don't know, I'm kind of got to sit in the fence and go for the half-and-half half approach. I want to see players come in and get get minutes in the legs and freshen it up. But I don't, I'm not too bothered about winning the group. I'm more, I don't want, I don't want to take the, the sting out of this run of form. I want to keep the momentum going. It's a balance. I think, I think Craig's right. You'll see a few few changes, you know, little tweaks. I, I want to see Zungu. I, I really do. I want to see him in a, a high pressure game where we're not we're not really cruising or anything or we're not playing a League One side. I want to see him in a European stage and see what he's really really made of, to be honest with you. So I think he, he should start the likes of Davis. Can they get a rest? Arfield as well. He played a lot of football, so I think there will be tweaks. But I think we need to remember as well, we've got, we can use five subs in Europe, you know, so you know, could we play a stronger team and then, you know, maybe tr- hopefully get a game? So I, I was I was impressed with like Poznan when we played them at Ibrox. I thought they looked. I was expecting them not to be as good. I thought they they, they were very decent. So I think um, yeah, I would 
I would like to see a couple of subtle changes um, and then maybe use the luxury of the bench. Um, you know, I'd, I'd expect Barker maybe to play and Haji. Again, I'd like to see Itten through the middle. I think Morelos could do with a, a rest, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see the, the team for that one. So, very positive week on the field for Rangers. Two wins and two games. Well, I think it was last Sunday as well against Falkirk. That, you know, just continuing that winning streak. Off the field, there was a major bit of news, I think. Club 1872 announced that Dave King has agreed to sell them his shares in Rangers at 20p a share. This would make Club 1872 the largest shareholder in the club. It would cost them around £13 million to, can, to buy all of Dave King's shares and they're looking for around 20,000 fans to join their Never Again campaign to help fund it. Ian, how do you... I'm, I think this is a massive step forward for the club, and I've, since 2012, I've always, I've always hoped we'd have fan representation at a decent level on the board. Where, where, do, you lie? where do you stand in this? Yeah, I think it's good if the fans are, are now the biggest shareholders in the club. It means that they're going to have a lot more influence uh, within day-to-day decisions. The only thing that bothers me about it is that the way Club 1872 have to raise money is to ask the fans for money. Like A lot of fans are going to obviously do it, but it means that if the club did ever need money, your biggest shareholder then has to go to the fans again. And they can't just... like a lot of the shareholders stick their hand in their pocket and, and, and give a loan that's got to be turned into equity. So that's the only downside on it for me, that they, they don't have capital uh, as such in the way that like a Douglas Parks does or a Dave King or you know, these other businessmen who, who have capital there. Hopefully we don't need it. And it, it looks as if the club is now being run properly and uh, we shouldn't need it because we now have assets on the pitch. So hopefully that's uh, we've put in place a good business model that, that makes the, the fact that Club 1872 don't have the capital and kind of non-point. Craig, what Ian's mentioned there, it's a big thing that, a big thing that does get overlooked. So the kind of initial, the initial thought of the Never Again campaign is over the next three years, if you were to donate £20 a a month to Club eighteen seventy two, and if so many people do it, they'd get the they'd get the the funds required to, for the thirteen million pound buyout of the shares. But it doesn't stop there. Club eighteen seventy two do rely on continuous memberships. Do you think it is feasible? I mean, they have thousands of supporters who do this already, be it five, ten, or twenty pound a month. Do you think it could be sustainable going forward? Possibly if they get the, the numbers that they're looking for. Um, I, I've not fully made up my mind on it, what I, I think about it yet. Um, there's some negatives about it. If you put a group of Rangers fans together, the chances of everyone agreeing in the same things pretty unlikely. It's a lot of money to be raised, £13 million. Pounds, a lot of money that doesn't go to the club, but goes to Dave King. And Obviously, we're all grateful to Dave King and everything that he's done, so we can't really uh, begrudge him that. But it's, it's still it is a lot of money to raise for the club not to get a single penny of it. 
when supporters have spent an absolute fortune this year and not been able to step foot inside Ibrox. Um, so, as I say, as as a lot of money that, that's needed. Also, Club 1872 uh, is run by volunteers. So if they become the major shareholder in the club, we're talking about millions of pounds involved. Is that the best way for them to, to operate? Do they need to have paid staff? And then again, that's money that fans are putting in to pay somebody's wages. So it's there's a lot of things I'm not sure about it yet. But ultimately, fan ownership probably should be, if it goes to plan, a good thing. If we get the 25%, as Dave King never again, sort of, it gives you that power that you can block any sort of votes that goes to the boardroom. So it does give you a security. And obviously, it's, it's the fans' club, so we do want the, the fans to have ownership as well. So there's a lot of positives about it, a lot of things I'm not completely convinced on yet, but I'll, that's for me to really think about myself and everyone else will have their, their own opinions on it. But it's it's definitely a positive getting fans more involved and having that protection if you do have the 25% that you can you can protect the club going forward, which hopefully we, we never actually have to do. I think that's been a big... Uh... Turn off for a lot of a lot of supporters. The the old uh, cliche that if you have four Rangers supporters stranded on a desert island, by the next day there'll be six RSCs. Uh, we never agree, but <laughs> what what I think you combat that with is there's like in my lifetime, and I dare say beforehand, there's never been a major shareholder or a chairman where every fan has agreed with what they've done. Even Dave King probably the most popular chairman we've had in, since early David Murray, but not every supporter has agreed. So I think that's, that element of bickering is always going to be there, but you have a, the fans have a, a chance to put their, their voice into the right channel and make, if they disagree with something, they can put it into the right forum and potentially make a difference. Scott, you and I met with Club 1872 a couple of months ago. Sorry, shameless name dropping there. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, we've got a sponsor and uh, pals in Club 1872. And we're hoping to get them on for an interview within the next couple of weeks. A big uh, concern right now is asking people for money in the current climate. Even uh, with the with the pandemic, I think a lot of fans struggle to separate Club 1872 and Rangers. So right now, to the average supporter, if they pay for the MyJers, if they pay for CCCS, if they pay for that 30 quid to get a meal deal at Ibrox, seeing the opportunity to pay Club 1872, a lot of them are going to think that's just more money. I give enough money to Rangers. I think Club 1872 and the A have a massive rethink and shuffle on how they advertise this and how they market it. Absolutely, it was a, it was a, it was an eye opener when we when we went and met them and um, you know it was you know great work you know that they're doing. So I think yeah, I think I think it needs to become more well known what they do and the difference, like how the cost gets you know between like if you pay money to Club 1872, where that goes between. As you say, buying a meal deal at a stadium or something—it's completely different. So I think that does need to be a bit more advertised and where your money's going for it. But I'm sure with us now, there'll be a lot more spotlight on Club 1872 and the, the benefits they'll obviously bring to the club and you know what they do. So, so well, it's—I think we'll need to wait and see how this transpires. And I think as everybody, whether they kind of agree with it or not, is certainly kind of exciting to see what, what's going to be happening. So 
hopefully uh, once we speak to Club 1872 and further statements come out, you know, we'll get a better picture of how it actually looks. So let's uh, round off a good week with the best part of the show, Twitter part of the week. What's the funniest thing you've seen on any of the social media platforms, Rangers related or if you're struggling, non-Rangers related or even on telly? Craig, kick us off. What's the funniest thing you've seen this week? There's plenty of ammunition over the last couple of weeks, um, especially when there's been another banner outside Parkhead. So there's, there's plenty of stuff to go on, but I'm going to mix it up a wee bit this week and just go for the, the laugh of the week, which came during the game today. It's probably around about 40 minutes <laughs> before half time. Don't know if you noticed. Um, Ball went, Tav put in a free kick, and it was Yakaviti, I think his name is, plays for Ross County, just blatantly wins the header against Morelos and puts it out for a corner. And for some reason, Beaton and the linesman give it as a um, as a goal kick. <laughs> and then Yakaviti has the absolute audacity to start clapping as if, oh, brilliant decision, ref, you've done well there, good call. <laughs> Yeah, when when you mentioned uh, that you were going to you you were going to mention something that you seen on telly today, I thought it was just going to be the general get up of Ricky Foster. He looks <laughs> like the kind of guy that would serve you an overpriced fucking mochaccino in the West End, didn't he? His brother, this him. Ian, what's the funniest thing you've seen this week, mate? It was uh, after the Green Brigade put out the the Zoom call banner. So somebody had put out a, a tweet it was the banner years so mine's is um, actually came from the times um, so they, they tweeted Rangers managed to evacuate eight giraffes through crocodile infested waters before their island was swallowed by rising floods and somebody, somebody quoted the tweet saying, Gerard is doing some job. Mine comes from Twitter. See, like, um, most commonly ScotRail, see, like, uh, a lot of companies will put out on Twitter, like, oh, it's um, Ryan from ScotRail here to answer any social media queries you have. So I've seen Nationwide Building Society, the official Twitter page, put up Kamara and Jack here to answer your questions for today. And they just got bombarded um, with... (laughs) They were asking stuff like, what's it like to play with, with Davis? Have you learned a lot with Gerard? And, and among stories like Union Jack and Watpin things, uh, tweets. So I've seen some poor woman. She had to ask twice. It must have got missed. And she's like, I'm locked out of my account, account on the app. And she didn't get an answer because I was bombarded. So. Well, thank you for listening this week and we'll be back with uh, some midweek content uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday and back for the weekly roundup on next Sunday. All we have to do is thank my three guests, Scott Hodge. Cheers, Colin. Cheers, boys. Mr. Craig McAdam. Thank you. And Ian McCready. Cheers, all. Thank you all for listening. Take care.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.